Hey everyone, how are you? I hope you are having an amazing day or evening depending on when you are here. Today I have a very amazing conversation to share with you. I talked with Jennifer Smith and we talk all about personal brand and how to position your self-image for success. So stay with me. You are listening to the Career Talk, a Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast where we talk about all things career related and I really tell you how it is. I'm your host, Stephanie Dennis. My background is in human resources, which is what I have my master's degree in. And my passion is really having really interesting, meaningful conversations, helping others, sharing my knowledge. So here we are. This is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. Well, let's dive in here. First, I want to thank you for taking the time and chatting with us on the Career Talk podcast today. So why don't we start with you just giving an introduction of yourself and kind of your your mission and and message. Okay. So I'm Sal Smith. owned my um, personal brand consultancy for 11 years. It is called the Personal Elevation Lab, and I specialize in helping professional women. I used to say from coast to coast, but now I actually have clients globally um, elevate their visibility, credibility, and profitability within their organization and their industry. And I actually got into this industry because I started in advertising. I had a background in copywriting and went to Madison Avenue, and I used to write commercials for Burger King and AT&T and Texaco and Coke, Clairol. And in 1997, I was in my creative director's office in New York and stumbled upon Fast Company Magazine, the brand called You. It was the first time Tom Peters had ever written about personal branding. And literally that article changed my life. And I remember thinking about how for an organization at the time I was writing for Burger King, how we had about 15 or 20 people working on that particular account. So you had the copywriter. I was always partnered with a art director. We had a creative director. We had, you know, publicists and everyone else. And so I was thinking about the fact that you had all of these people who came together in an effort to elevate the visibility of that particular company. But when it came to people, you don't have the same thing. And so, so often you have, you know, people who spend their entire lives doing everything properly and going to work for an organization and building their organization's brand and nobody outside the four walls of that company know who they are. So I specialize in putting the power back into women and helping them recognize that they must become the chief marketing officer of their personal brand. And it isn't usually an accident. It's very intentional when you want to start leveling up in your career. I love that. Like my heart is full just listening to that. So awesome. So that leads perfectly well into what we wanted to talk about today. So why elevating your self-image is critical for next level success. So talk to me a little bit about that. What I will say is that you look at years ago, and I'm using years loosely, let's just say even a decade ago, there are so many people who literally could work hard and put their head down and become recognized for um, for their time and talent because of the way our systems were set up. But now we are really, truly, literally in a global economy. And I I like to give the example about how for the last four or five years, my accountant is actually based in Colorado 
and I've never met them one-on-one. And, you know, years ago, I would walk to my, I'm in the Washington, D.C. area in Maryland, and I would go downtown and I would say, I'm looking for an accountant who works with small businesses. And someone would say, you know, call Paul Smith. Someone else will say, you know, try, you know, Rita Armstrong. And you would go based on that. And now, because of the society that we live in, because of the messages that we're inundated, because everything is customized, you literally have access to people and competition that you would not have had. And so when I give that example about me working with someone who is in, you know, in Colorado, the same goes true with every single position that we're holding right now. Whether you're a secretary or you're a director of marketing, all of a sudden your competition is global. And so for a long time, especially for women, we were taught not to, it's really um, not polite to brag, to speak to, you know, to boldly about yourself. And so you have so many people who are uncomfortable, even extolling the virtues of what they do. And I'm often just amazed at the fact that I meet thousands of women over the course of the last 11 years. And I would say the majority of them have had a very hard time articulating what it is that differentiates them from everyone else. So many people don't understand the importance of mastering, you know, their elevator pitch. So many people aren't really clear about the value that they bring. So many people aren't able to charge what they're worth because they don't necessarily understand why they're an asset. And when they can't articulate it, you can best be sure that other people cannot as well. And so just when we're talking about leveling up and we're talking about making an impact in your career, making an impact for your family, we are at a point where you simply cannot afford to hide. You cannot hide your talent. You cannot hide your skills. And you have to take ownership of it. No, absolutely. So I'm literally taking like notes as you're talking because there were so many nuggets in everything you just said. So global competition, 1000%. It's so interesting that as I am talking to candidates all over the country and You know, I personally work remote. A lot of the folks I'm recruiting for are not going to be remote, but in other positions I've had, people are, you know, very much open to remote workers. Mm -hmm. And so it's like not just who's in your, you know, DC or Charlotte area, it is Uh with a US passport or work authorization, right? So it's a huge market. And in the recruiting world, sometimes it feels super small because we're always like scrambling to, you know, fill these jobs as fast as we can. But to that point, you know, as you were saying, women, you know, were taught very much not to brag and to be humble and to not try and like, you know, brag and boost ourselves up if, you know, you will, or kind of lack of a better phrase. So to that end, how would you recommend that women are, you know, kind of changing that internal conversation of, because I think Brig has like a negative connotation to it, right? Like, how do you reframe that so women are more confident in putting their, their qualifications and their best foot forward and owning, you know, what they want to get paid in either salary or charge for consulting. Because I talk to a lot of candidates and, and I will be very honest here, typically women are giving me salaries that in terms of their expectations, like where they're looking to be that are less than men. And so I try and do my best to, you know, be really like, hey, actually, here's where the market is. Here's what we're paying for this role. And sometimes it's above, sometimes it's not. But when it is, it, it seems really surprising. And so I wonder if some of that isn't tied into what you're saying. So I guess, how do we reframe that as women in the workforce to be more confident in kind of owning our worth, if that makes sense? It absolutely makes sense. I remember about... 
14, it was probably about 14 years ago, I had moved back. I'm originally from Los Angeles and I moved to the East Coast to work in advertising. And I had gone to New York and come back from New York to get married into the DC area. And this is where I originally came. And I was working at an agency that I was very unhappy. And I felt like I didn't have a choice. I felt like my back was against the wall because I had two children, young children. And, you know, the D.C. area is not necessarily, you know, Madison Avenue. And so you just don't have the same pool that you had when you were up there. And so I was working at a firm in Annapolis and a very, very, very toxic environment. And so my best friend came down and I remember um, taking her to our office because we had just built a bar in the basement on the ground floor so we can have our own happy hours with our clients. And I'm not even someone who um, necessarily drinks a lot. And so my best friend, when we got back, she said, you know, it's really interesting that, you know, um, you're using that as a justification and showing me the cute office. And what I want to ask you is why you're there. And I was just like, well, you don't understand. I have kids. I have to do this. I have to do that. And she was like, no, I'm going to ask you again. You know, why are you working somewhere? You know, you've completely forgot who you were, what you've done, the kind of clients that you have. You can literally be packing on the plane and flying to Los Angeles and working with someone for a couple of weeks and coming back, you know, and having a nanny assisting you. And so my best friend's not married and she um, doesn't have children. So the only thing that I could think of was you just don't get it you know, and she said to me, you don't get it. She was working for one of the world's leading global companies at the time. She said, we have clients who walk walk in here and who say, I would love to work with you, but I have children and they're young. And so I can't relocate them from Seattle, Washington. So we fly out there and we build them a home office. She said, we have people who come and work here or want to work here. And they say, I don't commute from Sag Harbor or Southampton because, you know, commute is too big, I mean, too, you know, terrible or too much in the summertime. And so I only work remotely and we say, okay, done. Or we have people who say, I'd love to work with you, but my wife needs a graduate degree. And we say, where do we need to see in the check? And she said, people will always make exceptions for exceptional people. So at the moment, I couldn't hear her because all I could hear were my excuses of why I couldn't, you know, do, you know, do this and do that. And several years later, I remember calling and I'm crying and actually saying, I'm so sorry. I totally get what you're saying now, you know, when someone paid me what I was asking for after I left my company. And the reason I give that is that when you're in your position, when a person is looking for a job or a person is going somewhere else, a lot of times they look at it like, An organization is doing you a favor by hiring you. And that's the mentality that you have when you're not really clear about the asset that you are. A lot of people haven't taken the time to really do the work and recognize what it is that sets them apart from their peers, what the value that you're bringing, you know, all the experience that they have, the education. I mean, like what kinds of things really make them a game changer? Why is your organization, your industry, I used to ask, a better off because you're in it? And because so many people haven't taken the time to answer the critical questions about themselves you know, and get really, really, really clear, then all of a sudden it's like a default. It's, you know, what are they paying? You know, is there an opening as opposed to this is what my requirements, my personal requirements are as far as salary, as far as, you know, a package, as far as everything else. This is what I require in order to be on your team, in order to be the, bring the asset and bring the value that I'm bringing to this particular organization. Most women don't put themselves on the calendar. And um, I have seen that over and over and over again. And that's from self-care and everything else to their professional career. And that means that 
everything that's really important about recognizing that it is your job to make sure that you're your biggest ambassador, your cheerleader, your head of HR, your head of marketing, and really taking your career seriously and steering it, navigating it in a career intentionally should be on your calendar. And if it's not, then chances are there's a lot of money being left on the table, a lot of opportunities being left on the table, a lot of connections being left on the table simply because you're operating in default. No, absolutely. And to that point, you know, there definitely is money being left on the table. There's a lot of research being done that women will ask less for their salary and their compensation. And they also don't as frequently as men ask for raises and promotions. So it's really interesting when we're talking about money left on the table and like more often than not, it's just being able to confidently say, here's what I'm worth. Here's what I require in a role. Mm -hmm when you're successful at it, right? Having that confidence to say, hey, I, we talked about this promotion six months ago. If I achieved A, B, and C, you know, we can talk about it again. I've exceeded those goals. You know, where do we go from here? And I think as we get, you know, more and more confident as women in the workplace, those, you know, hopefully, right, there's going to be not that money that's being left on the table and not those different opportunities. We're going to be able to go after those uh, with more confidence So in your experience, is there anything that you would have people do in terms of any sort of action items? I don't want to like lead, lead my question with an answer. So action items for people to think through this as they are, you know, approaching, you know, maybe doing a new career search or looking into new opportunities so they can be prepared and have that confidence as they're starting to have conversations and networking and filling out applications and things of that nature. Absolutely. I think so many people or so many women in particular aren't really clear about what their personal brand is. And there often is a gap in the way that you see yourself and the way that others see you. There's often a gap in, you know, what you think that your particular niche is or your expertise and the way that others see or what you're bringing to the table. And when you're not clear and when there are gaps like that, then it is much harder for you to, um, and you miss out on opportunities, much harder for you to get kind of opportunities that you want because you're not taking the time to properly package yourself the right way. And, you know, with it being, what is it, 2019, anything that you could possibly want, any resource that you can possibly want is usually out there for free. You know, whether it is I am very serious and I'm going to elevate and make sure that I have my professional image, you know, and I'm going to hire a photographer to make sure that I'm projecting executive presence and, you know, I'm polished and poised. I'm going to make sure that my social media is cleaned up and that it is clear and concise across the board and all of it is properly introducing me and telling the world who I am and what I stand for and what I'm bringing to the table. I'm going to make sure that I'm connect, connecting and networking and I'm putting together a personal stakeholders communication plan so that at all times, every 12 months, I am expanding my circle of influence and connecting with people who can help me move the needle. I'm going to level up my personal image so that I project someone who is at the next level and, you know, um, look like where I'm actually headed. I'm going to make sure that if I 
ask someone to look me up and they look me up that I actually present as someone who is experienced within my industry. And, you know, I'm not just attending conferences anymore, but I recognize because I've been in my industry for a while and I'm really good at what I do, I should now be on the stages and I should be speaking and doing, you know, workshops and bringing my level of expertise to my community or connecting with reporters who are in my industry when they're looking for a trusted resource and sharing my expertise and my my point of view. There's so many things that we can do that don't take up a ton of time, but what they do do is strategically start positioning you as someone who's serious and who means business. I love that. So interesting. I haven't heard connecting with reporters in the past. So talk to me a little bit about that because I think that's a really super intriguing, very interesting kind of outside the box action item. So if someone was in uh, maybe not marketing, uh, because I feel like if you're in marketing, that conversation may be a little bit more comfortable. (laughs) Maybe let's say IT or project management or HR, something like that. How would you approach that type of tactic? I I would say in Any industry that you're in, you need to be aware of what publications are in your industry, who the editors and who's writing for those publications, who are the reporters who cover those publications, what are the top talking points. It doesn't matter. I I remember speaking at, um, this was well over a decade ago, like the Association for Administrative Assistance or something. And I remember someone at the end of our talk, of my talk saying, you know, but we're just secretaries. And I had to gently push back and remind her that the majority of organizations wouldn't even run effectively if you weren't sitting there. You know, there's so many people who couldn't even tell you where anything is. And so if you look at yourself as just a secretary, you're always going to be treated as such. However, there are secretaries in New York City who get paid $500,000 with million dollars worth of stock. You know, there are people who consider themselves babysitters and there are people who consider themselves nannies and au pairs because I have a high a college degree and I can take your kids and expose them to a second language and take them to the museum. It is how do you shape your personal narrative? And so just going back to what you were just saying a few minutes ago, when you recognize that you're very serious about making a name for yourself, then you want to connect with the influencers. And it does not matter what industry nowadays, I said, everything is at your fingers. Whatever industry you're in, you could literally go type in top recruiters to follow in 2019, and you will get a, a list of influencers who are out there killing the game on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on um, in publications. You'll get podcasts. And I am a very big proponent for when you're in your industry, you know it like the back of your hand. Like you literally should be able to sit. I should be able to sit next to you on an airplane. And by the time I get off, you're like, if I were just coming in the industry, you're like, okay, here are the top podcasts. Here are the top producers. Here are the top publications. Here are the conferences you need to be speaking at. Here are the people who are speaking at the conferences. And once you start following and you're reading and you're studying and you're making sure that you're keeping your finger on the pulse, what's going to happen is opportunities or things that you were never even thinking about begin to open up, whether you're in your own organization and you're saying, okay, well, let me start pinning a weekly or monthly article for our internal newsletter. 
let me look at opportunities, you know, here are some talking points or things that are going on because I'm in IT and people in this particular industry are having, you know, some issues with this. Here are some strategies that we can use and you can go back out and connect with reporters or connect with bloggers. But you want to look at yourself as a trusted advisor. And once you start recognizing that and positioning yourself as a thought leader and someone who really knows it like the back of your hand, people will start to turn to you. And that's another way that you amplify your visibility. And I love that because oftentimes we, you know, especially if you're working in like a corporate America type of role, right? You're so laser focused on doing your job and doing your job really well that it can be really easy to kind of get that tunnel vision of let me just be really, really good at what I do. And then when I feel like I'm there, then I can start to expand and do some of these other things. But I think looking at your career as like a holistic, you know, kind of marketing approach, right? Like you said, like that brand and getting yourself out there and familiar with, you know, all those different things, publications and editors and conferences and podcasts, it really puts you in a positive position to talk more about strategic plans versus tactical execution. And when you level up your career, that's like a huge you know, ability and skill that people need to have is, okay, you can go to work and execute really, really good every day, all day and be super tactical, but now you want to level up. So how, tell me how you can do big picture strategy and set people when they're not there yet, right? They're going to struggle with that. So I think that's like a really awesome tip for people to try and, you know, expand their skill set and looking more strategically. Absolutely. Somewhere in Florida, um, there is a class at a high school. It's a personal branding class that's mandatory. But one of the most popular classes at Stanford University is personal branding by what's the model? It was just on Sports Illustrated and I'm having, my mom calls them a senior moment, but one of the top, um, (laughs) one of the top models from California, African-American, and she used to have the TV show where she would make models all the time. Okay, anyway. I know who you're talking about, and I don't know the name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. And uh, and I'm totally just having, she was just on Sports Illustrated in her 40s, and she hasn't been on in 20 years this month, and so I'll think about it in a second. One of the top classes at Danford University, and the reason I bring that up is when you were talking about people are tunnel vision. You have to, you you cannot drive. They say you can't chase two rabbits and everything at the same time. You can't drive two cars. However, I do believe that it is your responsibility to put as much time into moving and shaping your career as you do to the organization. And I was speaking at an organization about four or five years ago And one of the senior directors came up to me after she finished, after I finished and gave me her card and said, you know, I've been wanting to work on my personal brand. And as soon as I get some time, I'm going to give you a call. Expect to hear from me. And she was true to word. In three weeks, she called me and she said, Jennifer, I'm in Vegas and I travel a lot. And as soon as time, you know, simmers down, I'm definitely, you know, going to stay on your radar. Two months later, she called back just to stay on my radar. And then the next call, I was there in February. Then the next call was her organization lost a $1 billion account. The next call was her boss was let go and it came from left field. The next call was she went from 132 direct reports to 12. So 
we I originally was there in February. So around Thanksgiving, she's joking and saying that clearly I should have been working on my personal brand, right? And she knew it was coming and she was let go and she had a six month package and she did some traveling. And so when we sat down at the end of February, she was literally someone who spoke three languages, had lived in six or seven countries, had climbed her way to the highest level or not the highest, but senior director level in healthcare for a couple major firms. And she was looking for a job like somebody who just got out of college, just going on, you know, glass door every day. Mm. And the yeah. second month came, the third month came, and then all of a sudden, you know, it starts to come after three or four months. Then you start losing your confidence and your self-worth. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, I'll take anything, you know, that kind of thing. And so you look back at that entire pattern. It is, I don't have time to meet with you because I'm too busy working with this organization and helping move their brand forward. And they moved forward and let her go. The people who are working at Enron, the people who are working at Anderson Consulting, people who work, you know, in my industry in advertising, you can bust your behind and do an amazing job. And then all of a sudden you get a new creative director. Creative directors bring in their entire team. They want all new creatives that they pick, you know, and they're choosing, you know, portfolios and that kind of thing. And so there are a lot of people who have not necessarily been accustomed or been in industries where they had to worry about that because times are changing so much. And now competition is becoming being outsourced and departments are being shortened and things are happening. I think that we have gotten to the point where every single person needs to be aware that if nobody outside of my organization knows who I am, I have a problem, a big problem. Absolutely. And that's such a really, really amazing point because we do get super focused on doing all of the things all of the time, right? And it's hard to say, okay, today I'm going to push off this three hours of work I need to do. That's usually in the evening, right? Instead, I'm going to focus on my personal brand, my career. Because in the back of your mind, you're always thinking like, there's more to be done. And I think what people early on in their career and even probably later, it's a hard lesson to learn. But the reality is there's always going to be work to do. And there's always going to be more work to do than you're able to do in the work day. So it's really, to your point, prioritizing your own brand because one, technology changes. It feels like overnight these days, right? So with the world that we live in and people getting laid off and organizations doing reorgs and things shifting so quickly and then also add in you know the element of mergers and acquisitions and that always changes an organization structure there's so many constant moving pieces to an organization right it's not just the structure that hr puts into place and then it's done it really is you know being able to have all of those like fluid pieces and how do you go along with that and still build your brand versus kind of getting stuck and not having a place to go in the event of, you know, your example, right? You laid off, did all those amazing things, but now you're starting to scramble. And you can tell if you've been someone who has interviewed other people, people who are very confident and know exactly what they're looking for and what they deserve versus people who are, you know, more on that desperate side. And it's really hard to want to hire someone who's desperate because you feel like they're just telling you what they want to hear versus, you know, what's really going to be a good fit. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be you, you know, cramming everything and I have no more time because my day is, you know, over and I'm so exhausted. It can literally be you putting together a structured plan for the over the year. So what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to 
reach out and write two or three articles for industry publications. I'm going to join a association within my industry and get a, a board position and become active. I'm going to make sure that I'm interacting on, you know, for a certain amount of time or connecting with people on LinkedIn and resharing information in my area and maybe you know, posting some articles over there, I'm going to maybe do something internally, you know, a lunch and learn or, you know, I mean, like there can be a structured way, but it's just making sure that you're taking time to move the needle and level up your visibility in a very intentional way. No, I love that. And I think it's really good, especially as people are starting to, I think, become a lot more goal oriented in, and hopefully in a more mindful way. And I feel like that sort of plan that you just laid out, you know, writing X amount of articles, joining an organization, getting that board position is very mindful goals to have in your career. And even if, you know, all of that may feel super overwhelming to someone who is just starting out their career, maybe they're five years in. However, if you say, okay, this is my 10 year career goal, like I want to do these five things in the next 10 years, I think then it becomes super easy because like, okay, well, what in 2019 am I going to focus on? Well, in the next six months and what, nine days, I can write one article, right? It, it feels uh-huh. so much more doable when you break it uh-huh. down. Uh-huh. Let's go come all these things right now. <laughs> True. And another, another um, strategy that tends to be very helpful is if you're following key influencers in your area, um, in your professional area, a lot of times things will come across your radar or things that they're doing or opportunities that never crossed your mind that you're like, I never even thought about that, but let me add that to my queue. You know, um, and so I think that um, years ago, you could, you know, retire and you were an accountant and you just did accounting for the rest of your life. And now you can be an accountant and be doing the same thing that you're doing and have an evening podcast for other accountants who, you know, want to get the work life balance or who are looking, you know, who are, you know, starting a, their own accounting practice. Now, all of a sudden, you know, people don't have to necessarily go through the Hearst Company. You literally can launch your own digital magazine online for pretty, almost free. You know, there's so many opportunities for a person to do a lot of things within their area or do things that are of interest. And so I think that what we need to start doing is thinking about ways, I mean, thinking about your career in that way, in a multidimensional way. How am I being visible? How am I being expansive? How am I going deep with what I know but if you're getting to the point where your competition, if someone is sitting there, your competition is out there really, you know, doing things to move the needles and you want to be kind of doing the same thing. Not the same thing they're doing, but doing the same thing to demonstrate that I'm someone who's not just coming clocking nine to five, but I'm really taking the time to, um, you know, understand and make an impact within my industry. Absolutely. And I think too, when you think about, you know, career as multidimensional, as you mentioned, it also gives you this opportunity to, you know, explore some more of those passion projects, right? Because you could, you know, to your example, be an accountant, but let's say you're super, super creative and you want to do something in like the artist realm, right? And maybe Mm -hmm. that is a a drawing digital magazine, or I don't know, I'm (laughs) not Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. Mm good. I don't know what the example would be, right? But I feel like when you're able to do some of those things that, you know, fill your bucket, if the five might empty that bucket, you know, I think that gives you one, makes you more well-rounded, but two, can just kind of re-energize like yourself in general. So I love that. And I think, you know, when people... It makes you a more interesting person. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. You think about, I, I, you know, you think about how many people, and this is a large percentage of, and we're talking Americans, outside of working and counting to Friday. And, you know, if you're a parent getting the kids around and shuffling, how many people really have things that if you're sitting next to them at a dinner party, you're like, oh my God, tell me more. Exactly. You know, we're, we're not, I mean, we have gotten to the point where every single thing is just, oh my God, I'm working or Game of Thrones. I mean, you're just checking out and checking in everybody else's life because your life is not off the chain, you know? And I I remember going to, I used to be invited to some dinner parties that um, used to take place with the most amazing people in in, in Georgetown. And every single person who sat at the table made you feel like, oh my God, I need to go back into the birth canal and come out and do it again. They're like, yes, we just, I'm a professor at Georgetown and we just took off six months and I'm sailing around the world, you know, and another person, I just, you know, wrote my uh, book that I've always wanted to write. And, you know, I mean, people are out there really doing things. And I think that's one thing that when you're on the professional track, not entrepreneurs, but people who are on the professional track, it can become such a grind day in, day out, just trying to survive and trying to navigate the, you know, office politics and things like that, that you literally don't want to think about it anymore. You're not taking ownership in any way other than you're pissed off because you didn't get the promotion or if you did, you know, you're doing, you know, exactly what's being asked as opposed to how do I custom design the life and the career of my, um, of you know, of my dream, my ideal. Yep, absolutely. And I encourage everyone to think about that too. It's like no limitations, no requirements, just open book. What does your dream life look like? And I think when people allow themselves that like freedom to say dream life, okay, well, in the perfect world, it would be all these things, right? And slowly you can start to accomplish those. And I think when people start to realize that their dream life isn't that far away from reality, It's really like invigorating and people get super jazzed about it. And that's like one of the things I love when I talk about, you know, careers with people. It's like, okay, great. Like go be that accountant. But does that like, do you get up in the morning and you're super jazzed about it? If the answer is yes, like good for you. Like that is amazing. If the answer is no, it's like, okay, so now let's talk about all those things that do, you know, you jump out of bed and you're like, I'm excited for the day because of A, B, and C. And I think when people start there versus, the paycheck and and I get it like I fully get the paycheck like everyone has bills everyone has stuff to pay but going back to confidence right knowing your value knowing your worth the things that you get excited about are also things that you can be paid for and when people connect those it's like game over they're off to the races absolutely (laughs) no I I I agree I, I I always give the example that if, you know, you have people who, the first thing, if you ask, you know, give me some adjectives and describe yourself. There's so many people who the first thing that they're going to say is I'm a creative person. However, if you go and attend one of their meetings, it's sitting there with a boring PowerPoint and you're just like, you know, drumming your thumbs. Oh my God, I got to get out of here. And I say that, you know, who you are should show up everywhere you are. You know, if you're a creative person, that should be the way that you interact with others. That should be the way that you host dinner parties. That should be the way that, you know, you have meetings that engage us and make us spark and want to ignite, you know, everything that's been dormant in ourselves. I remember my last agency before I, um, you know, left to start my own place that I've always been addicted to books, addicted to professional development is just something that's running through my veins. And at the time I was on a 
real peaceful, serene kind of journey with black and white photos because I was like an amateur photographer. And I realized that there was such a disconnect about when you were talking about who, who I am and how I was showing up because it was, you know, high performance, do this and do that and do this. And so I um, actually spent a weekend one time redesigning my entire life. Um, my entire office and, um, you know, blowing up black and white pictures I had taken down in the outer banks of, you know, horses and, you know, putting water and putting, um, you know, just everything that exuded to what I wanted to reflect. And it was to the point where almost everyone in my office, when all hell was breaking out in their life, would come in and say, can I come and sit in here for a minute? You don't even have to talk to me. I just, I just want to be in the ambiance. Yeah, I was so interested in books. And what I did was launch a um, library, a personal developed library system and brought in speakers because that was a personal thing, you know, a personal pet project that I took that allowed me to do things and connect with people that I was interested in, but bring that and infuse that into our environment, you know, within our organization. And because I've been someone for years who is the person who would probably read, you know, Harvard Business Review and then Us Weekly and find out what Kim Kardashian is doing. What I did was I um, decided to launch, we were a marketing firm, just, you know, a list of things and that were going on that I thought that um, people within our agency should know. Can't remember what I named it. I have to go back. It's been 11 years now. But um, I remember the first time I pushed the button because I decided to send it agency-wide, including to our president, who was other offices, all the senior executives. And I remember just feeling heartsick, like, oh, my God, should I do this? Should I not? But this is really good information. I think they should know. And I started doing it every week or every other week. It's probably every week. And I remember one week I forgot. And the president came and he put his head in his office and said, you didn't send your thing this week. And I'm looking forward to it, you know, and it was just information to um, empower everyone else. You know, this is a new survey that came out, check out this article kind of thing. And so when you're talking about connecting with who you are and what you like, there are always, you know, we look at Oprah loving books. And so she launched, you know, a national book club, you know, people who love food. I mean, like, you know, Anthony Bourdain. I mean, like, look at the things that you like. There are always ways to, you know, bring and merge the various roads, whether it's on your weekend, whether it's not, but just, you know, look at being in alignment fully and it will elevate everything else in your life. Absolutely. And I think that's such a good point too, because I think a lot of times when people walk into the office, they tend to leave behind other parts of their life mm. mm-hmm. and make them human and relatable. So it's like, if you're a person who listens to podcasts, and you really like, you know, fill in the blank category to crime or comedy or whatever, it's like you could easily, you know, network with your own team and say, hey, Mm -hmm. does anyone else listen to these types of podcasts? Do you want to grab lunch once a week and chat about them? Like, I think it's just like the more we allow ourselves to be who we are, the more that one, you're going to be happier at work because you have more, you know, interesting conversations and there's more, you know, dynamics happening there. But also I think it allows you to have more opportunities that you probably wouldn't have uncovered because you're talking to people as humans versus just as like a colleague. Like you just get to know them as actual people, you know, versus like, oh, well, that's, you know, so-and-so who's just next to me and we don't really talk because we don't directly work together, but we're all within, you know, the HR team. So we are all in the same room, you know, sort of deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Love it. Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer, my last question for you, kind of to wrap up, because I don't want to keep you too long past the hour. Is there anything that we haven't covered today that you feel like we should have touched on or anything that you're really passionate about that you want to touch on before we go? I would say that one of the tips that I've found to be completely helpful is setting aside a little time on Sunday evenings for strategizing your personal strategy and, you know, looking at your week and looking at, you know, what's going on, looking at your previous achievements, getting a place that you're uh, recording those things that are noteworthy, um, whether they're, you know, um, testimonials or case studies or things, you know, from clients. I did um, a couple of times, I went down to North Carolina and I did um, half day workshops at one of the nuclear plants and they brought women from all seven or eight of the nuclear plants and, you know, some of the joining states. And one time I was there and the senior highest ranking woman who was in the organization, and this was uh, several years ago, so I can't remember her name, but she introduced me and she was talking about the fact that even though she never considered it personal branding, looking back, she now realizes how she was able to get to the level that she was at Duke Energy because she was so intentional. And she said one of the things that she did was take ownership of everything that she did and make sure that she was able to articulate that to those, the powers that be. And she gave the example that, you know, you can be in January and February and have amazing things done. You might have helped the organization, you know, save money. You might have landed a new account, but then March, April, and May were just completely hideous. And all of a sudden you can't remember all of the good things that you've done. And so she said, she opens up an app and she said every single week or whenever something happens, she keeps a running diary of everything noteworthy for the entire year. And then she said for years on December 1st, she sits down and she said, even though I work for someone who is, you know, um, very encouraging and, you know, always looking for our ways to celebrate me, she said, it's not his responsibility to remember all the things that I've done. And so she said that she goes through her list. And she sends him a recap of her entire year of all the highs and her wins and that kind of thing. And um, that has been very instrumental in her um, in her career. And so um, I think when we talk about, um, we were talking about it in more abstract form. I think that if you, you know, tell yourself, if you have children, once I put them together, put them down for bed, you know, I'm just making this up at eight o'clock on Sunday evenings, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to, you know, dial out and who am I going to connect with and start really being intentional about putting a plan together, um, really being intentional about who you're listening to with podcasts and who you're reading and that kind of thing. It really will, um, in a very short amount of time, blow your mind on what you're able to do. Absolutely. No, I love that. And talk about, you know, kind of full circle on our conversation. If you have a running tally of how kick-ass you've been all year, like, I don't know what else builds confidence faster. And then also connecting that with your annual review and saying, hey, I did really, really good this year. I don't deserve a standard 3% raise. I deserve a 7% raise. And here's why, right? Here's my PDF of everything I've accomplished. So I love that idea. I love that it helps build confidence. I think it will also help leverage, you know, women to be able to, one, have the confidence to know that they are valuable and they bring a lot of value to the table, but also have that confidence in asking for that bigger raise or that bigger promotion. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have loved our conversation. Where can people find more about you? 
So um, you can find me online at personalelevation.com or jenniferramsellsmith.com. Same destination, but personalelevation.com is much easier to remember. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I um, would love to um, talk with anybody. I have a ton of resources that are free there. I have probably one of the most comprehensive guides that is actually free of personal elevation resources probably in the country. I mean, if you're looking, you want to take, you know, speaking classes, you're looking for a coach, you want to go back to school, um, you know, um, Harvard for leadership. I mean, I have tons, executive, you know, photos, anything that you can imagine. I have an amazing resource there for women. And my focus is just giving you the tools so that you're able to level up in your personal universe. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, we will link to all of that in the show notes. Again, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time this evening and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your night and we stay in You too. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. I hope you found that conversation as awesome and informative as I did. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really do appreciate it. You can find more information in this episode's show notes over at stephdennis13.com. And to learn more on how we can work together, head over to listen to careertalk.com for more information. And if you want to contribute to the podcast financially, you can help support us via the the PayPal link I will include in the description, or if you're on the Anchor app, you can directly do so there as well. Also, if you're on the Anchor app, really cool, you can leave me a voice message. So I would love to hear from you. And if you are enjoying the podcast and the show, please take a moment to leave a rating and or review. It really does help others find us. And you can find me on the socials over at Facebook and Instagram at at StephDennis13. We are written, produced, and edited by me. You guys are so awesome. I hope you have an amazing, fabulous rest of your day.